somewhere uh, to get that exercise uh, because praying in the recliner at 7 a.m. might uh, become a little bit difficult. It might end rather abruptly. But uh, we all know that you have named your recliner the Word, so you spend a lot of time in your Word. So that's okay. We, we know. Uh, so thank you again for all, all that you're doing, and we're, we, we love and we miss each and every one of you. Amen. Our, our word, the text for our series, we're continuing our series tonight, The God of Provision, Part 2. Uh, the text we are reading from is Psalms 37 and 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God, the provision of God, the protection of God? Amen. For his righteous saints. Amen. God bless you tonight. You may be seated. Amen. A, another day has passed. Another week has withered away. And we don't even know how close we are to the end of all of this. But presently we are looking to the end of this month, the month of April, and hopefully the beginning of May, and hoping that the finish line is somewhere near there, because we know when we see and we hear the numbers are climbing up, and the graph is growing, and it is getting steeper, and the whole world is anxiously waiting for this to be over, but the reality is, is that we won't know until we get to May 3rd, if that is the end or the beginning of the end. And I know that not knowing how and when the end will be bothers us and it worries us and uh, we can't get over this thing, but we can take comfort in knowing this, that while we don't know uh, when and where the end is, there is somebody that does know, and his name is Jesus Christ. He knows when this will end. Why? Because he is already at the end. Doesn't the Bible say that uh, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last? I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus is already at the end of this. He's already standing there on May 3rd, and he's looking back at you and me, and he's saying, there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about. I'm already here waiting for you at the finish line, and, and come to me. Keep on coming to me and listen for my voice, and I will guide you through it all. I will hold your hand. I will comfort you. Because Jesus is already at the end of this, we just need to seek him out and to listen to his voice, and we will meet him there in the end. COVID-19 has not taken Jesus by surprise like it has taken many of us. If he is the first and the last, then Jesus has already been through it because he's the first one in. If he is the first and the last, he's already been through it. He's already walked through your today. He's already seen our tomorrow, and he's walked through it already. He knows the way to go, which step to take. He's already seen the headlines for tomorrow and next week, the, the sickness and the troubles. And he's already walked by the potholes, and he's seen where the enemy is hiding. He knows 
when and where the spirit of depression will try to attack you. Jesus has already passed by it all on his way to the end because he is the first and the last. And so we have nothing to fear as long as we are walking by him, as long as we have him by our side, as long as we hear his voice guiding our feet, then we are going to be all right in this. We are going to be all right in this. We are going to make it through this. We will make it to the end because Jesus is already there at the end. Because the righteous will not be forsaken. We will not be forgotten. And our seed will not be begging for bread. We will not be defeated because Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so he that is in me has already went to the end, and he is already waiting for us to come with him. He's actually come back to be with us, to get us to the end. And so no need to fear or worry. Jesus is at the end of this all, and we just have to continue walking towards him. We have to make it and take it one day at a time. I know a month quarantine can seem overwhelming, but we can manage a day. We can get through one day at a time, and uh, one day at a time, that's how we have to get through this. Now, uh, with the stay-at-home order, it's, it's like we have to stay away from the city. It's like we can't go to the city, but uh, we have to leave it behind and come out of it and, and quarantine ourselves from the city. That reminds me of a man in the Bible that was quarantined well before you and I ever were and well before you and I ever came to know the meaning of that word. Genesis 12 and 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. Abram, I'm calling you out. Get away from that city. Get away from your extended family. Some of you are thankful for that quarantine order there. Uh, don't go to the beaches or parks or restaurants, Abram. Leave all that stuff behind. Go and quarantine yourself out in the wilderness away from everyone else. You want to talk about your world coming to a halt. Well, at least we get to stay in the comforts of our own home. Abram had to leave his home. He had to leave his memory foam mattress at home because he ain't carrying that uh, on the trek into the wilderness. Abram had to leave his home and to go self-quarantine himself in a tent somewhere out in the wilderness. And we thought we had it bad because we're getting withdrawals. Because we can't go to Golden Crow. Is Golden Crow doing carry out anyone though? How's that going to work? How do you have an all you can eat buffet in your car? I'll just take one of everything please. And uh, put it all in the trunk. When that fills up, put it in the back seat. Because uh, I'm just getting my $22 worth here. Fill up my car. Uh, and so uh, we're getting discouraged because we, we can't go to normal for another 30 days. Well, Abram never got to see Golden Corral again. 
God told him to leave the Ur of Chaldees, his home, told him to leave the city that he grew up in, never to see it again, quarantined out in the big country somewhere, locked up with the Lord, alone with the Almighty, however you want to put it. But uh, when the call to quarantine went forth, Inside that very call are also the seeds of provision and the seeds of protection and the presence and power of God because God knows that if Abram is going to make a sacrifice and it's going to require that much amount of faith to leave everything behind and to go out on your own into the wilderness, for Abram to say goodbye, world, goodbye, with that call, also comes an assurance uh, that God's provision will be there. And we see this in Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. We don't even have to read the rest of the verse because that's enough for me if the Lord says, I'm going to bless you. If God calls you, God's going to bless you. If you are quarantined, he's going to provide for you. If you are called of God and you are alone, God can send the ravens to deliver the food to you. It doesn't need Uber Eats or DoorDash. God can send the ravens or the squirrels to deliver food for his righteous people. Why? Because God has called us. He has a purpose for us. He has a plan for the people of God in this world, and there's a calling upon your life, and there will always be provision for the people that God has called. Has your work dried up and got, and sent you home? I know there are a lot of people that are biting their nails right now. But I'm here to tell you that if there's a calling on your life, if God has called you to make a sacrifice, to leave your world behind and to lead your old ways and to leave behind the opinions of your friends and family members and to go and to live in the kingdom of God, if God has asked you to do that, I'm here to tell you that God is going to provide for you. God will make a way. Why? Because you're sacrificing for the kingdom of God. He will make a way for you. He will feed you you. He will bless you. He will bring you through this because you are called of God and you are righteous. I have been young and am now old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Why? Because there's a calling on your life. And with that calling comes provision for the call. How messed up would it be if God called you into his kingdom and you died of starvation or dehydrated to death, if that's the right phrase, or died because of a lack of basic necessities? And uh, how messed up would it be if God called you into his kingdom, but he never provided for you? Uh, that doesn't even make any type of logical sense. If he's called me, then I have to believe he's going to provide for me. He's going to make a way that I can see through it all. Uh, and everyone say with me, I am called of God. And so he will make a way. 
And so if you believe that, why don't you thank him for providing for you? Why don't you thank him for his hand upon your life? Thank him for being there for you. And thank him for leading you through this wilderness. Just because we don't see the end, God knows what he's doing, and we have to follow after him. But just because we are called out does not mean we are exempt from things of this world. Shortly after Abram arrived at the designated location in the middle of nowhere, the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. I can hear Abram saying now, just wonderful, just wonderful. Lord, look what I did. I, I left the city. I, it took me like two months to get out of here. I had to put everything in, in, in storage um, and left everything behind, and, and once I finally arrived to this location, now a famine shows up, and everything's dead and dry. I wouldn't have to go through this had I just stayed back where I was, back in the city, back in the Ur of Chaldees. The, the grocery stores would still have, have food for me, and the only thing I'd probably have to worry about is toilet paper. But, but now that I'm living for you, God, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere and have no toilet paper and have no Publix. And there's a famine out here. And so there will be trials that I believe that are specifically sent to test our faith in God. Do we really believe that he is our provider do we really believe that he is our deliverer? Uh, and so those situations, those trials will come into our life to test our faith. Do we really believe what we say we do? Uh, do we really believe in God like we, like we proclaim it? And the Bible says that once the famine came, it says that Abram went down to Egypt. He went down to Egypt because Egypt had provision. He would turn to the world to provide for his needs. And in my opinion, I think Abram made a mistake by going down to Egypt because really there's nothing good that is in Egypt or comes out of Egypt. The, the righteous man is now in Egypt looking to get supplies and provisions but this righteous man is now deceiving people, deceiving the king, lying to him and telling half-truths. But he's not told, telling the whole truth about how, how he's saying that uh, his wife is his sister. Uh, and, and so he's kind of being dece deceptive now. And, and, and now he brings uh, Hagar back home with him. Uh, and Hagar, in my opinion, represents the, the carnal cure for God's promise where we try to fix things on our own and try to, to give uh, uh, our, an, our own answer, our own solution to God's promises. All of those things will always be found in Egypt, which is a type and a shadow of this world. All because at the first sign of trouble, Abram turned to the world instead of turning to God to provide for him. Now, I know it's, it's easy to say this and to criticize and to judge uh, somebody else's actions and decisions, especially 4,000 years later when we have what we have. We can look back and say, Abram, you shouldn't have done that. But being in the middle 
uh, of the moment. Obviously, we hope that we can make uh, the right choices wherever we are. But I believe that Abram missed out on a miracle. He missed out of watching God make grass appear from the dry ground. He missed out on the rain clouds that were should be following him. Wherever Abram went, there was that rain cloud always watering the ground and providing uh, moisture for the grass for his animals. Abram missed an opportunity to see God provide for him. When this world could not provide for him. And, and, and he missed out because he chose to go to Egypt to get his supplies. Instead of leaning upon the God of provision. God knew that that famine would show up whenever Abram arrived there. And I think that God had sent that famine to test Abram's faith. And Abram, we know, was young in the faith, and so I kind of get and I understand why he probably ran off to the security of Egypt. Uh, first time being out there, he just reverting back to what he knew, and he knew the big city had everything. Uh, and so he ran out there, but I believe that he missed out on something special during this famine. And here is why I think Abram should have stayed in the land and not have went down to Egypt because the same situation, same situation happened with his son Isaac. And we see that in Genesis 26, and there was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abram, Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And so the same exact uh, layout scenario happens with Isaac and and Isaac is starting to think, well, uh, dad told me he went down to, to Egypt when he had a famine. And so I'm going to go down to Egypt too. And, and the Lord says, no, there's no need for you to go down to Egypt. Because if you stay here, I will provide for you. I will take care of you because I have called you. I have called your father. I have promises for you and your seed. And so stay here with me and I will provide for you. And so I hope. And pray that we make the right choices and we don't rush off to Egypt because of fear and, and make wrong decisions. And because fear will always lead you back to Egypt. But faith will always lead you to God. We need to be making sure we're walking by faith and not by fear. And that we're leaning upon the word of God and not listening to the things of this world. Because the world will lead you back to Egypt, but the word of God will always lead you back to him. And so we need to lean upon faith and not fear so we can find the God of uh, our ancestors and our provider. Because we are a called people. We are a, a chosen generation, a, a royal priesthood, a peculiar your people, and that means that God will provide for us because he has a plan for you, and he has a place in his kingdom 
for each and every one of us. And so if we have a purpose, if we have a plan in God's kingdom, he's going to keep us alive. He's going to keep us around till his plan is fulfilled. And so we need to lean upon him, upon his word, until his time is come. Musicians, if you would come. Once Abraham, Abram, Abram at this point, Once Abram returned from Egypt, Scripture doesn't ever mention that Abram went back to Egypt. I hope and I pray and I think that he probably matured in his walk with God. He, he, he got to know the ropes of, of faith and, and how all this works and hopefully he learned from his mistakes. But it never describes or mentions that Abram went back to Egypt because he started to understand the call of God and with the call comes a provision to carry out that call. Uh, and his, he increased in wisdom and in stature uh, because he learned that God would be his sole provider. If you have God providing for you, you don't need anything else in this life because he will make you whatever you need. Uh, he will come through for you in the end, whatever the situation is. If God is our sole provider, we have everything that we need. We don't need the resources of Egypt when we have the God of heaven on our side. I don't need to look to Egypt to, prov to provide a place for me because I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God himself. Why would I settle for an apartment in, in Egypt when God uh, is the maker of my city, of my home, of my mansion? And it wasn't until this realization that God would become his sole provider did God change Abram's name to Abraham. You see, once Abram forsook Egypt... His name was changed from High Father to Father of a Multitude of Nations. Because God was setting Abraham up to be blessed. He was getting things in order for him to be blessed because... Uh, truthfully, it was already there. The blessing, the seed of the blessing was already in the calling uh, when he called him out. When, I, when the, the, the call came, uh, come out from among them and be separate, that's when the seeds of the blessing was already in there. And God was just activating the blessing. The blessings don't get activated until we learn to lean upon God as our sole provider. And once we firmly believe that, that God will always provide for the righteous, then that faith will cause that child to be born. The child of promise will come to pass once we wholeheartedly believe in our God and His promises that He is able to do what He said He would do, that we just have to keep on believing by faith. Once we have believed wholeheartedly, then the seeds of promise and the blessings will start to come forth. And we won't think twice. Abraham did not think twice when God said to him, Take your only son. 
take him up to a mountain and offer him up there as a sacrifice unto me. Give him back to me that one promise, the thing that you yearned so much for, the thing that you prayed over many years for, that I finally gave it to you. Uh, give that back to me. And when, when we wholeheartedly depend upon God as our provider, we won't think twice when he gives us, when he asks for the big ask. Because we know that if we give that back to him, Abraham knew if I give Isaac back, that's okay. God will provide again. God will give me another son. If, if he doesn't raise Isaac from the dead, God will provide for me another son. Why? Because I've learned to lean upon him. I've learned to trust in him as my sole provider in this world. Abraham didn't have one doubt. If I kill my son, God will give me another son. Because he learned to trust in God. He learned to believe in the God of heaven and earth. Uh, do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God has called you? Do you believe that there's a purpose for you to be here today in this world? If you do, why don't you begin to worship Him? Why don't you begin to sing unto Him as we lift up our hands and our voices? Come on, we know if God has called you, He's provided a way for you for that calling. The blessings are on their way. The answers to our prayers are coming. Let's worship Him today. Children of promise are coming. Miracles are coming. Why? We're trusting in Him like never before. When God has called you, He said He would provide for you. He'll bless you. We serve the God of provision. We have nothing to fear. He will lead us. He will save us. The righteous will not be forsaken. Oh, come on. Let's worship Him tonight. My God, how great you are. He's great and great situation. He's greater than your problem. He's greater than your sickness. God can heal you tonight. Just lift up your hands and begin to call upon the name that is above every name. Jesus, we need you, Jesus. I need you to touch me tonight, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we believe it. of God flow into their lives in that room, in their body. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, that's it. That's the presence of God you're feeling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just give your heart to Him. Call upon that name. 
greater than your problem. He's greater than your situation. Learn to trust in him. worship him. Let's lift up our voice. Let's praise him. Let's clap our hands. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, for providing for us, for making a way. Even when there seems to be no way, we're stepping out by faith and believing, God, that you are already at the end, and you're just calling to us to be with you. Lord, order our steps. Give us knowledge and wisdom each and every day to make those choices that we can stand upon your word. Amen. And we will get through whatever this world tries to bring us. Amen. We will see Jesus in the end. Amen. God bless you all tonight. Thank you for joining. Thank you for chiming in. We know that God is going to be with you and he is with you. Amen. Each and every day. Let's go and be the light of this world. Be some hope. Some Spread some joy and some cheer and happiness. Because we are the people of God. We are the righteous. Amen. And we know God will not forsake the righteous people. Amen. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.